Welcome to Project Give Back Connects, an extension of Project Give Back in the classrooms, dedicated to inspiring young students to become empathetic, understanding, and community-minded leaders. Project Give Back Connects offers a dose of inspiration and thoughts for discussion. Each live episode is taped and shared with classroom teachers and their students. Sit back, get cozy, let's get connected. Hi everyone, and welcome back to Project Give Back Connects. It's our 12th episode, our 12th episode. Wow, these are going by so quickly, I can't believe it. Today is all about nurturing our spirits. You know, each one of us has a gift. We have a passion and sometimes when we're young, we know it right away but other times it takes us longer to figure it out. But you know it's the right thing if you just love it and you just wanna nurture it and you wanna work on it and work on it until you have mastered that craft. And when you do figure it out, it's life-changing. And not just for you, it's life-changing for everyone around you because by doing what you love and by nurturing that, you are making the world a better place. And we just want every child to have that kind of space where they can be their best selves and nurture that. So today we have an expert here who is constantly nurturing her spirits. We see it over and over again. She's always learning and always mastering her craft. And she has so many of them. Her name is Debbie Donsky. You, if you guys have not seen her TEDx talk called Reclaiming Space, write that down right now. TEDx Reclaiming Space and Google it after. You have to watch it. It is, it is so fabulous. She's so fabulous. And she is here with us tonight. She is superintendent of education for Toronto District School Board. She's a mother, wife, daughter, sister, friend, teacher, writer, artist, sketch noter. Check those out on her website. She's a writer and an avid reader. And we are so lucky to have her here to talk about nurturing our spirits. Welcome, Debbie. Thanks for being here. Thank you. So, um, so when Ellen asked me to be on this podcast, I didn't even know what I was getting myself into, but I said yes, um, because it was Ellen. Um, so to prepare, she sent me a link to some of the earlier podcasts, and I listened to about four of them. Um, the one on storytelling and the one about anxiety really, they all resonated, but those were the ones that really hit me hard when we were thinking about what would the theme of tonight be. And the reality is, is that when we quiet our stories, when we hide our truth or feel afraid to share our truth or our passions, this is precisely when we experience anxiety. And I was fascinated that with these two particular podcasts because they are inherently linked. Um, when, we, when we feel that we can't become our true selves, we experience anxiety, fear, isolation, we, you know, I, as an educator, I believe that it's my job to nurture a place where we can bring our whole selves without fear of judgment, without values placed on us, and without narrow definitions of success. 
So there's a story that I've told many, many times um, that when I was four years old, we had new neighbors move next door. And as an adult, the mom who lived next door said, you know, Debbie, when I first met you, you were four years old, you walked up to me, went to shake my hand and you said, hello, my name is Debbie Donsky. When I grow up, I'm going to be a teacher, get married and have babies. So I knew then um, exactly who I was and what I wanted to become. And I say who I was because I believe that I knew from the youngest age that I was a teacher. And to become a teacher, of course, you have to go to university and go to the faculty of ed, you have to get a job. Um, it took me three tries to get into the faculty of ed. It took me three tries, three years to become a permanent teacher, which at today's standards is nothing, but then it was something. It took me three tries to become a vice principal. It took me countless tries to become a superintendent. One of my dear friends, Reshma, always reminded me when I was not considered or turned down or failed an interview, she'd say, I'm just not ready for your leadership yet. And nothing deterred me ever from this goal. Um, I certainly did not go into education with the idea of going into leadership, but I had incredible mentors and teachers Everyone from, you know, from students, from, from formal educators, from, from parents, and from colleagues who believed in me and believed in my leadership and I respected theirs, so nothing would deter me. I think that part of what we have to remember is that when we have these dreams, whatever our spirit is telling us, that regardless of obstacles and challenges, you continue to move ahead. That the obstacles are there to teach us lessons, they're not there to deter us. And then when we do, somehow arrive at some place and for me we never actually arrive we're always moving forward but when we get to a place where where I am now where I can use all of this rejection all of the struggle all of the obstacles and I can make education better for the students over whom I have leadership and responsibility and who I serve then it, it's clear to me why those obstacles were in place you know it's funny I have, I have two kids and I know some of you know them um, but my son, Max, um, he, you know, he, he had some struggles in school where teachers just didn't get him. He, you know, they just made assumptions about him. And he, he wanted to ask me to come in and speak to his class. And I thought it was like a career day. And he's like, no, no, I want you, don't, they don't care. They, they can ask any teacher in class. You don't have to talk about being a teacher. I want you to tell them about all the times you failed. So there I was in front of a class of grade six kids. And I told him all the times I was rejected. And he was so proud of me because I got rejected and I still kept going. And there were times when I was ready to give up and he would turn to me. I wrote a blog called um, Everything is Like Hockey. And it was because my son really struggled to get on that hockey team that he wanted to get on. And he never gave up. And even at the youngest of ages, he was back there encouraging me. So, um, so that, that's a bit of the backstory. Um, but some of the ideas that I also want to share, I, I, as I said, I'm an avid reader. So one of the books I recently read is by an, uh, an Indigenous woman. She's Mi'kmaq. Her name is Marie Batiste. And she wrote a book called Decolonizing Education, Nurturing the Spirit. And there's a quote that says, the foundation of this teaching resides in first acknowledging that each person has a unique and personal journey that will yield to their learning so that they find a way to express fully their own purpose, vision, and journey. This is the foundation of Indigenous belief in Turtle Island around nurturing the gifts of the children and our responsibility 
as educators, parents, adults, to bring children into this world knowing that each one of them carries a gift. And I'm not talking about that formal identification of giftedness. I, I don't have a lot of use for that designation. Um, I, I really do believe that each of us holds a gift and it's, that's how Ellen has started this show by reminding us of that. The other quote is something that I actually came across. My, my best friend lived in New York and I went to this random bookstore in Chelsea and came across this book by a woman named Bell Hooks who is a feminist educational theorist. And I just bought it because I liked the cover, it was colorful. And this quote is something that I have used throughout my career. Um, her book is called Teaching to Transgress, Sacredness of Teaching. Um, and this is the quote, to educate as a practice of freedom is a way of teaching that anyone can learn. That learning process comes easiest to those of us who teach, who also believe that there is an aspect of our vocation that is sacred, who believe that our work is not merely to share information, but to share in the intellectual and spiritual growth of our students. To teach in a manner that respects and cares for the souls of our students is essential when we are to provide the necessary conditions where learning can most deeply and intimately begin. I mean, the reality is, is if we don't feel safe, we are not learning. Safe is a low bar for me. We need to feel loved when we come into the classroom. We have to create spaces that honor the passions and gifts of all children and what they bring each day. You know, as a, as a parent, you know, when you watch your, your children navigate systems, and now my daughter Rach is in university, and I know some of you are too, um, and you get to see them refine their interests and really focus in the areas that bring them passion, and, and they just soar when they're so clear about what it is they love to do. And, you know, I really believe, Ellen said to me, you know, what do you want to see in the future of education? I want to see way more personalization. I wanna see differentiated instruction. I wanna see universal design and I wanna see inquiry-based learning. I know Project Give Back really does tap into the things that mean most to the children that engage in the work that they do. And it's not because it's an assignment, it's because it's something that drives them, it's close to them. It is something that connects them to a, you know, an initiative or a charity or a person that they love. And through that work, that's how they, that's how they move forward and that's how they come to find their, their power, you know, their, their ability to create change. So the other thing I wanted to share um, is that, you know, everything that I'm describing here really, like when people talk about, Ellen, you know, like, you know, talk about what you want to see change in education, like in 10 minutes. Um, so one of the things that I'm, I am known for is my work in anti-racism. And, and there was a newer book that came out by a woman named Bettina Love. And it's called, We Want to Do More Than Survive. So she quotes legal scholar Patricia Williams as coining the term spirit murdering. So I'm talking about all these beautiful, lovely things, but we also have to talk about the damage that is caused in schools when we do not listen to what children are telling us, what their gifts are, what they love. When I say safety is a low bar, it is. <laughs> so what she says is that, you know, when people argue that racism is more than just, it's more than just physical pain. Racism robs people of color of their humanity and dignity and leaves personal, psychological, 
and spiritual injuries. Racism is traumatic because it is a loss of protection, safety, nurturance, and acceptance, all things children need to enter school and to learn. And I know some of you on this call, um, I know some of you very personally, you've had experiences in schools that have caused you harm. It may not have been racism, but it certainly has caused you harm. And then it's what you have to learn to do is to turn that around and, and use that to bring you courage and strength. And in the case of my beautiful, lovely Samara there, it teaches you how to be a powerful young woman and to stand up for what you believe in. So the last thing I wanna share is, you know, when we tried to think about what would this look like given the other guests who were here, all I could think about was the first day, Rachel warned me, I should have had Kleenex. The first day I met Jacob, the first day I met Jacob was when Rachel was three years old at Hillcrest and we were at Ontario Place. And all we knew was that it was this big event. And for years, I would say four years, Rachel was convinced that, thank you, Jeff, that Jacob's last name was Ladder. And, um, <laughs> and you know, what I have learned from Ellen over the years, from her book, from her talks, from her podcast, from her programs, from every single meeting, my father-in-law had passed and Jacob was not well. And Ellen made it to our house to, to just share in what we were going through. And so everything that Ellen has taken and, and your family and the people who stand by you, everything that you have taken from this beautiful gift that Jacob was to you and to all of us is what is nurtured through this podcast and everything that you do. And so in thinking about what I wanted to bring to the table, I wanted to share what I believe is what our duty is as educators and as parents, but also to honor the gift, Ellen, that you have given all of us through your own love and your own beautiful boy and your incredible family and your passion. So I just wanted to thank you. And I hope that I have honored this opportunity um, in the way that I intended to. That's it. Oh, Debbie, <laughs> you know, I'm not supposed to cry on, on connects, you know, <laughs> but um, thank you. You, as always, you just, you always kill it. And tell us about your, your screen behind you, Debbie, please tell us about that. Cause it's so beautiful and it's so you and, and tell us. Sure. So this, I actually made this painting for a girlfriend of mine. Her mom has dementia. My dad has dementia too. It's been very hard during COVID because um, I can't see him. And um, this friend of mine has really helped me. And her mom kept waking up because it was so grave. It was so grave the last little bit. Now, thankfully, the sun's out. But she said to me, my mom keeps asking for the sun. I said, I'll make one for her. So I made a painting for my friend's mommy um, to put in her home. Um, she's in assisted living and uh, that's what it is. It's just a painting I made with the sun and the hope of spring. It is beautiful. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for doing that, Debbie. Whew. Okay. So as you know, we always have a performer. And today we met this young performer in Project Give Back in grade four. Well, she is now 17 years old. And she is a student at Etobicoke School of the Arts. She is a triple threat. Her name is Rachel Savlov, and she's here to sing with us today. Thanks, Rach. Thanks for being here. 
Thank you for having me. So today I'm going to be sharing an original song I wrote. During quarantine, something that's been really helpful with continuing to nurture my spirit is songwriting. So the song I'm bringing in today is called Just Let Go. And it's just a song about keeping hope and not giving up. So here it is. I'm scared of my shadow, afraid of the unknown. The comfort zone eases my mind. I'm coloring inside the lines. What does my future hold? Will I die young or when I'm old? Why do I reminisce? Am I prepared for this? Rolling dice, what will it be? What is my destiny? Do I want to know how my life will go? Just let go and don't say no. Wipe your tears, embrace your fears. Take that step, fly high, embrace what you don't know, and just let go. Embrace what you don't know and just 
Wow. Rachel, that was so beautiful. So much. Oh, it's so good to see you. And oh my gosh, talk about someone who is nurturing their spirit. You just felt it. And thank you. And thank you for being here. And keep it up and keep in touch with us. We want to know where you end up next year. Okay. Of course. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. So we always have a shining star in our Project Givebacks Connects episode. And tonight we have a hockey team and we have a representative for the Avenue Road Ducks. Their team participated in something called the Good Deeds Cup run by Chevrolet. And this team did something pretty cool. And we're going to welcome Ellie Rewaga to tell us about that. Welcome, Ellie. Hi. So it started off, um, we were, we had to film like a video for the other team to know a little bit about us, something we liked, every, um, like something we disliked, what position we played, and the other team also played hockey. So on the way there, we, we rode a bus, a coach bus, and we all had to say a speech about something. So my speech was about um, indigenous um, indigenous life in indigenous life in um, Manitoulin Island, which is where we went. Um, so I came across a story about someone named Joseph Gold, who made an indigenous he made an indigenous Jewish um, like colony up there, or I don't know what you'd call it exactly, maybe um, like a, a city or something like that. I don't know. Um, so he made, um, made a city and he, um, he like embraced Jewish life there. And on the way up, we, we had, like, we drew on our stomachs, um, go Panthers. Cause that the team's name was, the um, Manitoulin Panthers. Um, when we got there, we watched them play a hockey game. They were pretty good. They won the game. Um, we got to meet them after, um, we went to the dressing room. Um, and then um, the next, like, then we went back to the hotel. We had, we, um, we played with our team and then we hung out. And then um, the, we went back to the rink at night, which was where we ate dinner. And like, they, they like served us all their stuff they hunted, the fish they fished from their trout farm. Um, it was a great dinner, um, like good food that they had there, everything. We sung karaoke. We learned a bit about indigenous life. And then we went back to the hotel. Uh, we went to sleep. And then the next day we went back to um, the back to the arena and we all met up. Then we drove to like kind of like we have like a HQ there, I think you'd call it, where we like we played ball hockey. We went around we went around saw their traps they had for all their animals um we some of us got to hold the beaver um i didn't hold it because i'm kind of a city boy i don't like that stuff um but then we went back to where we played ball hockey and we like there is an elder there from one of the indigenous groups and we um he like showed us some belts they had about like like it like teaching us about indigenous culture, showing us everything. Um, then we we couldn't stay there for long, so we had because we had to come back. 
And then they came to Toronto um, on a Friday night. We had Shabbat dinner. We also all had to make a speech about what Shabbat is, what we have to do on Shabbat, and all sorts of things like that. Then, like, we had some of them, like, roomed at our houses. So I had a couple kids here. We had a good time. Um, and then the next night, we played hockey game against them so they brought their stuff we played hockey and then we went to an arcade we chilled with them um the whole the whole night basically and then we came back to our houses and we slept we had one night together and then the next morning they had to leave so like we're still in touch with them and it was a great trip wow so ellie if there's something you learned out of that whole experience, what, what's something that you personally gained out of the experience? I personally always thought the world was like Toronto, like tall buildings, a lot of people. Um, but I realized that like life, like a lot of life isn't like that. Like there's people who have to like find money and food different ways. So like, I, I it really taught me a lesson that I had to learn. Well, thank you so much, Ellie. Thank you for sharing your story about your incredible team. I hope you guys get back and you can play again because I know they were they were doing so well, but you may you said you may be able to play do the playoffs and that would be awesome if you can do it. I hope so. Um, thank you for being here, Ellie. So Lens, it's time for Kindness Corner with Lindsay. What's up, Lindsay? Hi everyone. I want you to think about where you were a year ago today. This is right when the NBA closed. This is right when Tom Hanks announced that he had COVID. And I want you to think about the journey you've been on during the year um, and what you've learned, what you're thankful for, and how you see the world differently. And that's our challenge for you this week is just to take a moment and reflect on how far you've come this year and what you can do with your energy, your skills to give back and to connect with other people and to help other people as we all continue to navigate life. Continue to follow us at one to give on Instagram. We love posting small ways that everyone can make a big impact because we really believe that kindness is contagious. Thank you, Lindsay. Lindsay, what's something that you've learned about yourself this year? I learned that uh, I posted this viral post a year ago asking that we step outside ourselves and help. And I learned that if you make things easy for people, people want to help. You have to give them opportunities and ideas and reach out to people. And that you have done, my friend. Well done and keep it up. Well, everyone, thank you for coming on today. Debbie, thank you so much for your expertise. And we are going to nurture our spirits and, and make sure everyone around us can do the same. Rachel, 
just please keep in touch with us. You're, wow, you're so talented. Uh, Ellie, it was so nice to meet you and thanks for sharing your story. Lindsay, as always, thank you for inspiring us. To all of you, let's embrace each other. Let's be kind to each other. Let's learn from one another and let's nurture our spirits. And we'll see you in two weeks. Bye, everyone. Thanks, Ellen. Thanks. Open your heart today.